Letter twenty six of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume two, by Samuel Richardson. Letter twenty six. Miss Howe to Miss Clarissa Harlowe, Thursday night, March thirtieth. The fruits of my inquiry after your abominable wretch's behaviour and baseness at the paltry alehouse, which he calls an inn, prepare to hear. Wrens and sparrows are not too ignoble a quarry for this villainous goshawk. His assiduities, his watchings, his nightly risks, the inclement weather he journeys in, must not be all placed to your account. He has opportunities of making everything light to him of that sort. A sweet pretty girl, I am told, innocent till he went thither, now, our poor girl who knows what? But just turned of seventeen, his friend and brother rake, a man of humour and intrigue, as I am told, to share the social bottle with, and sometimes another disguised rake or two. No sorrow comes near their hearts. Be not disturbed, my dear, at his hoarsenesses. His pretty Betsy, his rosebud, as the vile wretch calls her, can hear all he says. He is very fond of her. They say she is innocent even yet. Her father, her grandmother, believe her to be so. He is to fortune her out to a young lover. Ah, the poor young lover! Ah, the poor simple girl! Mr. Hickman tells me that he heard in town that he used to be often at plays, and at the opera with women, and every time with a different one. Ah, my sweet friend! But I hope he is nothing to you if all this were truth. But this intelligence in relation to this poor girl will do his business if you had been ever so good friends before. A vile wretch! Cannot such purity in pursuit, in view, restrain him? But I leave him to you. There can be no hope of him. More of a fool than of such a man. Yet I wish I may be able to snatch the poor young creature out of his villainous paws. I have laid a scheme to do so, if indeed she be hitherto innocent and heart-free. He appears to the people as a military man, in disguise, secreting himself, on account of a duel fought in town, the adversary's life in suspense. They believe he is a great man. His friend passes for an inferior officer upon a footing of freedom with him, he accompanied by a third man who is a sort of subordinate companion to the second, the wretch himself with but one servant. Oh, my dear, how pleasantly can these devils, as I must call them, pass their time, while our gentle bosoms heave with pity for their supposed sufferings for us! I have sent for this girl and her father, and am just now informed that I shall see them. I will sift them thoroughly. I shall soon find out such a simple thing as this if he has not corrupted her already, and if he has, I shall soon find out that too. If more art than nature appears either in her or her father, I shall give them both up. But depend upon it, the girl's undone. He is said to be fond of her. He places her at the upper end of his table. He sets her a-prattling. He keeps his friends at a distance from her. She prates away. He admires for nature all she says. Once was heard to call her charming little creature. An hundred has he called so, no doubt. He puts her upon singing, he praises her wild note. Oh, my dear, the girl's undone, must be undone. The man, you know, is loveless. Let him bring wily to you if they will have you married. Anybody but Solmes and Loveless be yours. So advises your Anna Howe. My dearest friend, consider this alehouse as his garrison, him as an enemy, his brother rakes as his assistants and abettors. Would not your brother, would not your uncles, tremble, if they knew how near them he is, as they pass to and fro. I am told he is resolved you shall not be carried to your uncle Antony's. What can you do, with or without such an enterprising— 
fill up the blank I leave. I cannot find a word bad enough. End of letter 26